<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Josh Allen is flying high. We look at the quarterback's MVP resume and what it would mean for him and the franchise. Plus, a third of the way through the season, what are the Bills' biggest strengths? What do they still need to work on? And how does the team navigate the return of Tredavious White? All that's coming up on this week's edition of the Buffalo Plus Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Buffalo Plus Podcast presented by Connors and Ferris. We're going to talk all about this Bills team getting ready for the Packers after a week off. But before we do that, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you are listening to the Buffalo Plus Podcast, please be sure to subscribe as well as rate. We always appreciate that. All right, Mike Catalana, Dan Fates. I am Jenna Cottrell. We're talking about a whole bunch. Uh, we'll start with the news of the day is Josh Allen being named the offensive AFC player of the week for back-to-back weeks. Mike, I mean, he is really making that case for MVP. Yeah, I think there are certain things that help in that voting. Um, and look, I, I think it would be a massive deal for the franchise for Josh Allen to win MVP. If you look at the Bills' history uh, in the Super Bowl era, okay, so we're talking about really since the NFL, since the Bills have been in the NFL, they've had two MVPs. And you guys, see if you know OJ? Thurman. And Thurman, exactly. Two running backs. So Jim Kelly's a Hall of Famer, didn't win the MVP. So they've never obviously had a quarterback in the NFL to win most valuable player. And um, it takes a few things. Well, it takes being a great player, having a great season. It also takes a bit of a narrative and it Mm -hmm. gives voters certain things to look at and go, oh yeah, um, he did this, he did that. And this offensive player of the week, second straight time, I thought actually this week it could have gone Matt Ryan. Yeah, who had a great game, great numbers, veteran guy, new team. But Allen did it against the Chiefs. So, Jenna, he's done it twice. People look at that kind of stuff when they vote. And, Dan, I I would say he's got to be the clubhouse leader right now, right? Yeah, he's the favorite. Um, and we we talked about that going into this Chiefs game, that who whichever quarterback won that game. It wasn't like Josh dominated Mahomes like in the country. Like they both had their unbelievable moments, but Josh didn't turn the ball over and and that that's the difference. So they come out of that game with the drive that he did the, like you talk about narrative, like the, you know, it's funny. I actually finished watching the redeem team yesterday after Stefan Diggs was talking about how they watched it uh, the night before the chiefs game. And that, that, that helps to bounce back from that 13 seconds to build off that type of game, that soup, that game that put him into superstar status 
and that he really hasn't missed a beat, which is the most impressive part. I think too, when you talk narrative, they're also the off season narrative of how the season ended, the way Allen played at the end of that chiefs game. And then having the off season with Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on you know, the golf match, things like that, that we talked about in the off season, how much Josh has ascended into that superstar realm. I mean, he's been the cover of the NFL Twitter page. I mean, Dan's tweet went berserk of him giving the football to the little kid after the game. So it makes sense to me. He had all this national attention. People were talking about him, you know, the bills in general, and then to see him put up the numbers that he has and to win in the way that he has. And in some moments, put the team on his back the way that he has, yeah. uh, it all makes sense. But you talk about the context of what it means for this team having an MVP caliber like player. It is interesting to see how much the MVP award has kind of changed over the years as well. But Dan, it's just huge for this team to be in that realm. A, and then B, when you look at what Allen has put together, I mean, is there even an is there another guy in your mind that comes close? No. We Mike and I were talking at the airport on the way back to Kansas City, especially because this MVP award has pretty much turned into the quarterback award. Yeah. Like Saquon Barkley's having a nice season and things like that. But like, that's not, that's not it. That's not how this works. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's obviously there's still two well, thirds of the season left. Mahomes to go. is, Mahomes is still very much in the race. Yes. I mean, that guy can light it up. It. No, no. Those guys got a long, long way to go, but it's absolutely still Mahomes with him. I mean, Mahomes, had the turnovers, and Dan's right. Yeah. That's a separator. Josh won the game head-to-head. -head. That's the point about that game. They both played really well. Mahomes, I have to say, failed at the beginning and at the end, right? He did in the game, and so Josh has that edge on him. But Mahomes can just rip off five touchdown games and be spectacular. I honestly believe these two have totally separated themselves as quarterbacks from the entire league we thought about it. you guys yeah. you mentioned herbert and there was rogers and brady and all, yeah. all those guys are way down now it's not close and you got to be fair and it's funny jenna when we say this you saw that nfl films video of the players on the field after the game you know Diggs talking to kelsey and him saying man you know we'll see you again and that's the way there should be respect for these teams because the bills pulled it out and they won but i still believe that these are the two best teams and Mahomes and Allen are the two best quarterbacks. So while Josh has the edge right now, come on, we've seen Mahomes just tear it up and he could still do that during the season. Oh no, I'm not saying he can't, he can't do that. I'm just saying right now in my eyes, it's like, it's Josh. Oh yeah. Like I, I think with what we've seen so far through this many weeks of the season, it's like, it is Josh's award. Now Mahomes, like you said, is fantastic. And it's so interesting because we talked at the beginning of the year, like the AFC, you know, you got the Broncos, you got the Raiders, you got all these teams, you got the chargers. And then now to be where we're at in the year and you're like, Oh no, it's still, it's still just the bills and chiefs. No, I'm with you, Jen. Cause that's what, when we're talking about this and you're like all the hype around them this off season, it's like, they've lived up to the hype. We asked yeah. if this yeah. was too much hype. Now this has been the, a correct amount of hypeness on the hype scale they have matched for the preseason. It has been, like I said, you got Russell Wilson who, Hey guys, bad. stinks. Hey, no, Mike, Mike, it's a real injury. It's a real, real pain injury. Well, okay? what was nice though, is the injury went away when he made the one nice touchdown pass and people correct. were like, Oh, but Russ it's still is back. Real, Michael. Then the it's rest of the real. game, 
He played horrendous football. Missed reads, missed throws. He's the league in high fives, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ride. He better go ride somewhere. Honestly, he's terrible at the moment. I feel for Herbert a little bit because that guy yeah. doesn't know how to coach offense. Yeah. And man, yeah. Dayball should have been with the Chargers. But hey, it's probably better for the Bills. He's with the Giants. And then yeah. look at the older guys. I, I mean, Jalen Hurts is really impressed, and he's yeah. been fantastic. And you know, he's going to stay in that race because yeah, that's the they're winning. Of. And he does so many things for the team. But I think he's he's more like I don't think he's at Josh Allen's level. I really don't think he's close to that. He's the best of the other guys at the moment because he's playing so well, but yeah. he's Allen on the ascent is what he is. Not in every way they play, but in terms of you look at him, you're like, wow. Cause like with Allen, there was questions coming in and then boom, he takes off and the team wins. But in terms of like winning those awards and all, yeah, I, I just, I don't see it, but Josh has been there, been in the mix, been close. And now he's winning these head to head games, Jenna. You know, I was thinking about it because we talked so much about the the Josh Allen effect, like the Josh Allen experience. And before it used to be like, what did Chris Long say? It was like, you're being operated on a roller coaster controlled by carnies who were evil. <laughs> Carney. I can't remember exactly what it yeah. was, but it was the ups and the downs. So like, where are we going next? Whereas now it's just, well, there's the moments of chaos, like hurtling a grown man uh, and those types of things. It is just the gamer aspect and how much in control. Yeah. Jenna, I want to ask you, do you think he consciously prepares for the hurdle or does it just happen? I think it's just, I think it's just like, I think he really is that much of a gamer and it just matters that much that like, he's like, I just need to get this extra yard and there's a grown man standing in my way and it doesn't matter. I nope. just think of the odd, like the audacity to be like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurdle you. I'm gonna jump another. And the athleticism that at, athleticism that that takes is just insane. But but no, like he isn't coming around the corner and go. The next time that guy goes low on me, I'm going over him. He just does it. Or is there some trigger? If we could ever get him to answer it, he probably will on a podcast. He probably won't to us. Yeah. Get him to answer that he's like, I'm looking for it. And then when I see something, he, he's never going to admit it, I don't think he it, would Dan. ever admit that. Even if that is the case, he would never admit that. Yeah. I don't think so. At the end of the day. <laughs> who's, the, who's the other guy on the team that could hurdle somebody? Knox what has hurdled you? a couple people, right? Yeah, but it's it's not the same. And Knox no, is well, really no, it's good a athlete. quarterback. Like it's it's I know, but Barkley it, or anybody else says it. It's a quarterback. Diggs isn't yeah. tall enough. You got to be tall, right? You got to be tall. Well, Don't you, you got to have ups to get over? But no, but Jenna's point is, is that you also have to be tall because how do you get down Josh Allen? Like you have yeah. to cut down his knees. You have to go low on Josh. So Josh goes, well, I'm going to go above High. you. That, yeah. that, that's part of what has made Anyhow. him. Anyway. I didn't we mean to derail us there. I just, you say that like, you know, we haven't seen as much of the experience. And then in the biggest moment of games, he's but hurtling it's, guys. It's, it's crazy. It's a control moment. It's not the red face Josh Allen. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I just feel biased because yeah. I'm confident now that he'll figure it out. But in <laughs> but the beginning, it was always like, oh, Josh is yeah. going to do a Josh thing. And now it's like, oh, Josh is doing a Josh thing, which is yeah. a very different context yeah. and usually a quite a different result. One final thing on the MVP talk is the fact of the Bills also being five and one. Like Jalen Hurts is going to stay in the MVP conversation yes. 
because the Eagles are probably going to win 12 to 14 games. So like, that's a very strong thing. Like we talk about checking the boxes. Okay. You need, Hey, AFC player of the week twice. Okay. Check, check. Like you gotta be helps to be the number one seed. Like it helps to be all of those things, the home field advantage, all of those things of leading your team and winning the games because breaking news guys, the bills can win close one score games. It's, it's shocking. Um, but, but it is, it is true. They have done it. It helps. Mike, I know you had some thoughts on this, though. Well, I, I don't like when people just talk numbers on the close games. And they're like, it'll eventually turn around. I, I get it. But it was seven in a row. And it was alarming because when the game would get tight, they did not perform the same way. And, you know, I was thinking about numbers. And I was trying to think, what would be, in a, in a, a, you know, when you try to talk about how that is. I was thinking of a field goal kicker who makes 85%. But for a stretch, the 15% he misses are the fourth quarter kicks. And you're like, yeah, the numbers are the same. It's 85% yeah. made, but he ain't making them at the tough at the times. And now when I'm watching this team in Baltimore, Jordan Poyer, and then the drive, and then the score, right? To win the game. And then, you know, then you see this game where it's Von Miller with the sack. And then Allen brings him down the field, and it's Dawson Knox making the catch. It's like, yeah, big moments. They made big plays. And I'm not saying they're going to do this the next seven close games, but there was a difference in these games. And I don't totally dismiss the idea that numbers will eventually come back to the mean. But you know what helps them come back that way? When you got players who perform in big moments. And yeah. I think the Bills had those guys, but just something was missing for a little bit. And I do think sometimes it can get in your head a little bit. And now yeah. they've won a couple of close ones. They make those plays, and I think it changes. So it's not that it wasn't. It was maybe too much was made of it, but it was still something that they were failing in these close games. That's what not that what we talked about? Like, it's a narrative until you disprove it. Like, we're yeah. going to talk about it until you are able to win in close games. I will say, too, talking about the confidence piece, I think it's huge that the Bills – I know the last year in the regular season when the Bills – you know, had that big win over the chiefs. It was like, yay, they can do it. I think a win like this is so important because it was that close win. It was that back and forth blow for blow type of thing where it was like, it was the bills were able to handle the chiefs mm -hmm. and they were able to come out on top. So I feel like that also going forward just increases the confidence because it wasn't like they just blew away in this game and it was like super easy. And the chiefs did a bunch of stuff wrong bunch of things wrong it was like all right the bills were able to hang in there take some punches and then punch back yeah and the one thing to to finish on the the one score games we, mike and i were talking as we we're walking through the airport and the best part you made was people being like oh like everything like it'll all even out like all the numbers will eventually all even out and you go well if you have josh allen as your quarterback on a team and you have case keenum on your quarterback as a team those numbers are not going to be the same and, and yeah, that was yeah. a really good point of like it's like when teams always talk about analytics and going forward on third down, like, or running the ball, like the Ravens are different than the Raiders. Like, like those, you can't just take that person's analytics and go, Oh, we'll use that. Cause it works. It's like, it works for them. So yeah. whereas it's more than luck, it is the defense at times has, has fumbled away games, you know, hasn't been able to come up with the stops or yeah. Josh hasn't been able to put together a drive like in Jacksonville. So that goes out to it where 
like John, like you said, like it's a narrative until you prove it wrong because it was, it was more than just, oh, don't worry about it. It'll all even out. Like there was more to it. Yeah. And the last thing part I'll make about it is Jenna, it's been, Allen's been spectacular, but the mm-hmm. defense has made plays. And I think they McDermott have. and his staff have coached, coached up at the end. We'll forget about right before the half, giving up the three points. It's a yeah. minor nuisance this time, not a major 13 second story, mm-hmm. but I think they've been better too. Really smart. And they've got closers like Vaughn. It's a different type of team when you got the guys who love the big moment and make the plays. And they've made them. And they're going to lose some close. It it, it just does happen. Doesn't mean everything's going to go well. But, man, you see the guys they have. It's tough to stop Josh Allen in those moments. Yeah. I mean, they're 5-1 and on the season so far. That one loss against the Dolphins, who have obviously struggled since then. The Bills in the top spot in the AFC. I mean, Dan, I love that. Like, the expectations are exactly where they should have been because of what this team is and what we expect. But sometimes, I mean, like we talked about a lot of other teams on paper, the Raiders, you're like, Oh, they're going to far, they're going to blow it away in the division. And maybe not because the chiefs, but at the same point, you, you thought they would be so much better than they are, but to see where this bills team is, I mean, I, I expected them to be good, but they're better than even what I was thinking. Well, it's like they've started, they really have picked up for the most part where they left off last season. They have built off of it. And I know coaches and Sean McDermott said it's a new chapter. You have to turn the page. You have to move on. But they had enough continuity sprinkled in with enough new guys of fresh blood and fresh faces. You know, even I'll call fresh faces like bringing guys like Jordan Phillips back, you know, Jaquan, uh, Jaquan Jones, like those pieces. And then we can't understate what Von Miller has been everything this Bills team could have hoped for and then some. I, I joked around after the game. I said, Josh Allen and Von Miller are both underpaid. Like the, they, they should renegotiate new contracts right now because that is how high of a level they're playing. To see Von Miller come up with those sacks when, let's be honest, Greg Rousseau and Epinesa and, and Boogie, like they haven't, really taking that step. And if you were to take out Von Miller from this pass rush, wouldn't you'd be looking at last year's quite different. Yeah. So that's where it's like telling me where Von was that guy where they talked about, like you needed that piece. Yeah. He Uh, is that. Let me tell you, I I just, I just rushed the passer. I go to the passer. That's what I do. I I love it. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, we're going to celebrate this win. That's what we're going to do. You do not sound like Von Miller at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I love the way he says it, though. He's like, oh, and he gives you that look where he, like, turns his head every time he's saying it to you. So, come on, it's a little like Von Miller. No? Mm, Not really. I do love when he says the plane's going to do backflips on the way home. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to celebrate. He says, he said four times in the postgame, we're going to celebrate. I thought I I was going to try and clip that one of those days where it's like, I'm going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate this. We're going to celebrate this. You should do when he loves something. I wouldn't have enough time. I only get, I only get two minutes and 20 seconds in a tweet. He loves the bye week. He'll love coming back. He'll love green Bay. Loves Aaron Rodgers. history Lambeau field. I mean, come on. Even though the game's in Buffalo. Yeah. He's played there before. (laughs) Von loves it. Why shouldn't he love everything? He's a closer. It's easy to love everything when you've had his career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's been something. Not else, saying he hasn't worked great. for it because obviously he has, but but yeah. Uh that's yeah. pretty pretty sweet. All right, let's talk about Trey White. The Bills 
um, have taken him off of IR. He's been back to practice. I love that video that you guys got at practice of Trey racing against Josh Allen um, when he first got back out there. Obviously, the bye week right now. Mike, what do you think their plan is for bringing Trey White into the defense? And then also, what do you think? I mean, think of, thinking of adding that wrinkle, too, of a player like Trey and his caliber is just bananas. Yeah, I think, you know, it's had to become a thing of patience. Yes. But I, I don't know. I mean, we won't really know how long this has been the plan. I mean, they were pretty consistent in the way they spoke about it. I never heard anybody in the organization say, you know, maybe by this. You know, it just seemed to be, for whatever reason, once it got to a certain point, it was moving to post-bye week, right? Mm -hmm. We never saw him out on the field and all. But then you see him, and you see him running, which is a great sight to see. And he's Trey White. I mean, this team's been playing now for how many weeks now without Micah Hyde? And Trey White yeah. hadn't been on the field since last November. So it's they've had to get used to playing without him. And he is he's their best corner. Trey White that we saw up till Thanksgiving that night. Now, I have confidence in the guy as a worker and what his skill is. And just you guys know him. The way we know him is, is that kind of guy to come back. But, Jenna, I think he's going to need to prove to Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, and not necessarily prove to the team because they love Trey, but prove and show where he is as a player before they he's going to play. And I, my assumption is when he's ready, he's going to start. And then to show if he's Trey from up to then or if it's going to be a little bit more of a process to get him back to where he, where he can be. I think it's and a – yeah, I think it's a – I think it's an insert tray into the system that the Bills have used for the last since Thanksgiving, since w when Trey went out and they went to more, they went to more zone. Like they yeah. they took some of the a lot of the responsibilities off the corners where they can just kind of be there. Like they're like I don't see it to Mike's point. I don't see this as Trey comes back. Trey, you go take the number one wide receiver and then like it was at times uh, before his injury. So I think you'll see more of that because I don't know if you guys know this, uh, an ACL tear is not like an oil change. So it takes a little bit longer to recover. So like it could be, it could be like two years uh, for him to really recover from that, like mentally and also like, you know, trusting structurally like biology and stuff of like that, that I've learned about, like, it's crazy. I don't know why anybody would call it an oil change. That'd be so irresponsible and such a hot take, but <laughs> that's how I kind of assume that this bill's defense will go. Like, I think they'll just integrate him into the system that has been working um, so far as again, the number the, they're the number one rated defense. They're the number one rated offense. We're really proud of you. <laughs> you I really come why. a long way. I don't know why you would say that, but yeah, yeah. it's not, it's I not an oil also, change. I also think of how well the depth pieces have played. Like we were so, I mean, especially with Micah Hyde not out there at points, Jordan Poyer obviously has been in and out of the lineup and to see how many players have stepped up. Mike, I feel like when you look at that, it's not like, that's the great thing is I feel like you don't need to push Trey to get out there and the bills haven't needed to do that. But at the same point, I don't think we've, we've rallied around how well that those depth pieces have played considering the games that the bills have been in. Yeah, and look, you know, Dane Jackson got hurt. 
And, you know, Christian Benford got hurt. And you lose Micah Hyde, you know, while all this is going on, which is crazy. And that's where, you know, and we've talked about it before, but immense credit to the coaching staff. I mean, it's almost like now you just take it for granted that these kids, these guys with limited experience, are going to play well. Look, Sunday, you know, Kansas City got them. There was a few missed tackles, and the Chiefs will do that. And that is against the Chiefs. And, you know, they're going to see the Chiefs again. So it would be great to have Trey White back. But I give them a lot of credit. It's now, you know, especially at the safety position, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you got to make adjustments. Like, you know, getting a Mercedes van to drive Jordan Poyer 30 hours to get to a game and back to get him on the field. But they've gotten by without guys. That's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. They've gotten by. You think about the, the games they've lost with these guys. Over the last few years, even until Trey got hurt, rarely did they not have one of their main guys on the field. Go ahead. Leslie Frazier deserves to be a head coach. If we didn't already know that last year, like what he has done with all of the pieces that have been missing is just phenomenal. I don't think that we're giving, like we talk, like Jenny, you make a great point about like the way that this depth pieces have come in and played well. I think a lot of I think 90% of that is coaching, being prepared well. Saw Dan Orlovsky doing breakdowns of Great the Chiefs game, like how well prepared they were. And yes, they're only doing so much. It's the players on the field make the plays. I understand that. But the position that Leslie Frazier, the, the schemes that he's coming up with, the designs with, with one with Von Miller, but then two with Jamarcus Ingram. And Demar Hamlin, like yeah. it's just telling where this Bills defense hasn't had that game where if they gave up 30 points, I'd go, well, like they, you know, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's okay because look at all the pieces they're missing. We haven't said that. All we have said is look at these guys step up. And I think Leslie Frazier deserves a lot of that credit. I agree. I mean, they limited the chief to 20 points at, at home. Yeah. Like yeah. that to me is like, wow, you talk about firepower and just what they've been able to do. It is cool to think about like how well this team has played. I feel like I have, I have two questions for you guys. Um, one is let's take out Josh Allen and Von Miller. What player, which player has stood out to you so far? I'll let Dan go first. Are you want me to go first? Yeah. Oh, it's Gabe Davis. He's moved to another level. Um, is. He is now one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. And I don't know, you know, there's still that moment where you go to the, the number one guy doing it all the time. He certainly had number one moments in his career. But mm-hmm. we talked about, could he ascend to that spot? Well, he's done that. He's the number two guy right there. And Diggs is, Diggs is just almost unstoppable. But Gabe is the perfect compliment. And yeah. I made the comparison um, to the old days when you had Andre Reed, who just was, you know, such a great route runner, tough over the middle, big catches, great in the red zone and all. Then you brought James Lofton in. Now, it was different because that was a veteran player coming in. But he's a taller guy who could get down the field, make catches on the run. And I'm looking at Gabe Davis and I'm seeing that type of impact on the whole offense. And it opens things up. So to me, he's the guy we looked for him to make a step to that, to solidify as a number two guy. Dan, I think he's number 
1A at the moment. I think he's been that good in big moments. No, he absolutely has. And that was probably quick thought was just how Gabe has changed this offense. The offense has been clicking the best when Gabe has been healthy. It was yeah. with the Rams. Yeah. It was uh, the Baltimore, or not the Baltimore game, uh, the Steelers game, and then obviously last week. So, yeah, he, he has been that. It's not fair to call him like an X factor, but like, cause he's a steady guy. He's a consistent starter, but he is again, another guy that has been everything the bills could have hoped for. The other one I'll say Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. Yeah. How well he has played. Um, Play he's just angry. been, it, yeah. And it's, it's been one of those things where I talked about like, must listen to the podcast. Must listen. Must must be like, you know, I, I think that Gabe and Tremaine, I've just given them fuel to their fire of that me talking down upon them. So, yeah, I think those two guys have really stood out to me as the the difference makers, along with Matt Milano would probably be oh, my yeah. third choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Milano's been great. I think Gabe's going to come looking for it. What do you think? <laughs> Wouldn't, yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. How about I was you, just, Jenna? Who you got? Well, I was thinking, like, Stefan Diggs, we know he's the 1A guy, but I just think of how many catches that he has made that have just been incredibly huge for the team, but then also just him putting his body on the line, or he could easily just, you know, after a catch, he doesn't have to worry about the yards after, but, like, fighting for every yard, just putting his... His play has just been impressive, especially after last year we kind of saw him maybe not have as many explosive plays that we were used to as the year prior. Um, but to me, he's just been someone that I've just been incredibly impressed with. And then also Mitch Morris, which I know sounds yeah. really random, but no, I feel I like, like he's that. That, yeah. that unsung hero of the offense because he adds that layer of experience and comfort. And I think calm to a lot. And I think he's done so much for Josh's development and just, you know, when he wasn't in the game, I think you saw that. So I, I just or wasn't playing earlier this season for that game. I think you saw that. So those are just the guys that jump out to me. Yeah, I'm and with then, you on that on Morris. I, I agree. And I think it's not just the calm, which he has. It does sound like he's the real adult in the whole yeah. room. Yeah. And guys, how many times does Diggs say, it's just funny to me to think about Diggs and Mitch talking in the locker room. Because I think Stefan Diggs has said that about three times. You know, I was just sitting there talking to Mitch Morris. It just makes me laugh because I don't see their personalities being, you know, they're not the same in that way because, you know, they're just a little. But I think he values, like, it's almost like he gets in there and values talking things out like a little yeah. bit after a game with Mitch because Mitch is is the adult. and. Yeah calling those, you know, everything on the line and trying his best to to keep, you know, keep Josh upright. Yeah. Also on the defense for me, it would be Jordan Poyer. Just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, incredible season so far. Done everything you could have asked and more. The, his play is spoken for itself. All amidst, you know, obviously wanting <clears throat> a new contract and all this stuff. So I, I just, I mean, I think everyone. I've just never so seen impressed. this before, Jenna. I, honest to God, I've yeah. never seen this in the league where you're talking about a guy who went to the team and said, you know, I, however it was phrased, to, that he wanted a new deal. And they worked out this thing with extra bonus money. But you know what he wanted. He wanted more years put on. And that's a tough thing because you're playing and risking injury in the final mm -hmm. year. That's the way the league is. 
And then he goes out and he gets hurt what looked bad in camp. You saw yeah. it. Was Terrifying. looked really bad, bad. But he's back. Then he gets hurt again mm. and he's nicked up. Then his running partner gets hurt. He's out for the year. And then, you know, he says it's, uh, you know, I uh, got the wind knocked out of me. It's ribs to the point where it was so bad that he couldn't fly. And yeah. he takes the, you know, the van back and forth 30 hours. I mean, when you think about the dedication he's given to his teammates and to this franchise, when at least at the moment, financially, they haven't done that for him. A little bit of change in the contract. But you know what we're talking about. Yeah. That's that's as an impressive of a, and not holding out, nothing. That's as impressive as I think I've seen since I've been around this team. Yeah. I I hope that everybody that commented, Jordan Boyer should just play by his contract. He's not being a team player. Should go back and say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Because I wouldn't drive 30 hours round trip to be anywhere. So, so it is uh, astounding. What? Next, uh, the next time we play in Kansas City, we've decided we're driving. Yeah, just for solidarity with Jordan, <laughs> with the family too. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's a lot. If it's if it's like one person, that's okay. Okay, wait. I was asked this on Duffy's show, uh, WCMF radio show. Um, if you had to go on a Bills road trip for thirty <laughs> hours. What which bill would you most want to go with, and which bill would you least want to want to go with? Right, I said I'll... most. I would say either Trey White or Dawson Knox, just because they're nice, personable, funny. Feel like we would split the duties. They wouldn't just make me drive the whole time. Least was uh, Isaiah McKenzie because ha- he has talker, to be the last one, much like a Catalana. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, and you've been on a lot of trips with me. Uh, I would say most. I would say most uh, Mitch Morris because we went to high school together. And least. (laughs) Is he the new Lorenzo Alexander? (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you, there are times I'm like, and then I realize these guys are like younger than you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems different. Yeah. I think Micah Hyde be pretty cool too. I think he's he'd have yeah. he'd talk, he'd say some stuff, but he wouldn't be. I'd love to sit with Mackenzie just because I could be quiet for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like doing that. <laughs> I know, but I think it would force me to do that. So how about how about best? Yeah. What about Devin Singletary? Because he'll just he'll just do his job. He'll do his job as he's asked, and he won't talk. So you can okay. listen to whatever podcast you can just he's just there. <laughs> That's true. But I feel like you need a little interaction. 15 hours? Oh, I'd love to hang with Leslie because he would just oh. say, whatever you would like, Mike, that's fine. You need to stop. Let's stop. Oh, that's really nice. He w- <laughs> He's the nicest man in the NFL. So yeah, that's also, true. the reason that it, another reason that it's the least person you want to go with is McKenzie is because of his nickname is Little Dirty. So <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be in a car with Little Dirty for 30 hours. So yeah. yeah, that seems fair enough. Uh, yeah. Okay. That wasn't even my other question. My one okay. question was just looking forward for the year. We're like, we talked about, we're like a third of the way done with the season. Um, what concerns, is there anything that concerns you ahead for this team? Go ahead, Dan. The Do you want me to? Line. No, yeah. the offensive line. It, yeah. It's just Roger Saffold hasn't panned out to be that 
road paving run blocker that I think they thought he would. Um, I think they're learning to adjust to who they are as a smaller offensive line. They can be physical, but it is not in a run the ball down your throat kind of way. I think there are still concerns. Obviously now we have, we don't know how long Spencer Brown is going to be out, um, mm. but they're kind of piecing it together a little bit. Like I said, Mitch Morris has been outstanding. Dion's been solid, but besides that, everybody else has just kind of been hodgepodge together. So they were able to run the ball well against Kansas city. And it was nice to see, because as Mike says, when a team is giving it to you, you need to be able to take the yards and, for a lot of the season, they haven't been able to, but I think the offensive line needs to needs to play better. Yeah, yeah I agree, and that's the part I've been concerned about. Uh, I would say this. Everybody talks about Brandon Bean. You know, what's he going to do maybe at the deadline? Is he going to be – it's going to be an interesting deadline because yeah. there's so many teams all bunched together. There's only a few that might look fire sale-ish. I mean, it's hard to be out of it because there's so many teams in that 2-3 win thing, so we'll see. But honestly, I think he's going to be searching for offensive line help. I think there's there's going to be somebody out there, and I, I would not be stunned. I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like he's going to want to add some depth and maybe a guy who can step in to play um, because – First of all, you that's that's tough to deal with if there's any injuries even going forward. But I'm with Dan. I think they've been they've been I think it's the least dependable unit of the of the team going forward. You know, yeah. it's what it's been. And it's not on any individual guy just as a group. And maybe some of it is just getting used to Aaron Cromer and what they're looking for. And you know, they'll self-scout during this time and you know, maybe it'll be a little better. But the last part on the running game to Dan's point that model of what they were able to do in Kansas City, and some of it, as you said, was them you know, giving some stuff because of the offense. Teams are going to have to do that with the way Josh Allen can move the ball, especially yeah. the way the receivers are playing. So if it's there, and it could be like it was in Kansas City, I'm fine with that. That running game was absolutely fine for this team. Yeah, The running game was fine in the first half. Yeah. Then they tried to get cute with it in the second oh, and half. that third and one. That third and two draw play oh, at midfield yeah. that got blown up. Like that's, I hate to say it because like I was watching that game and I'm going, man, I got a lot of good Devin Singletary runs. You know, eight, nine yards, eight, nine, ten yards a pop. I'm going this. And then all of a sudden I'm going, oh my gosh, he's falling in love with it. Like like they're falling in love with, with the run. And, I, and it was one of those things where I was like, don't take the cheese. Like you're thinking like, oh, this is so easy. It's like, still have Josh Allen. This team is still based around Josh Allen. Just yeah. don't fall in love with the fact that you were able to run the ball because they weren't able to do anything in the second half. Feeling like I had to say, I had to tweet, keep the ball in Josh Allen's hands was like, what? why am I doing this? Like, why are we here? But yeah, I think for me, the one thing that concerns me is just health. Just because oh, yeah. we've seen this Bills yeah. team battle injuries and it's been different than it has been in years past. seems like the Bills are on on the upswing, which is great, but that's always yeah. a concern going forward. That's an interesting point too, Jenna, because coming out of this and where they are going to be, the health issues at the beginning, take Micah Hyde aside, because it would be great if he was coming back yeah. and he's not. Um, I think it's now a plus. Yeah, All those guys got to play. I mean, they have had a lot of guys in and out. And normally it's been same five in the secondary, run them out there every week. And it has not been. So Hamlin has gotten to play and Johnson has gotten to play and Benford and Elam and all these guys. Yeah. Um, 
So going forward, I think that is a big, big benefit now because they've gotten a lot of snaps and they're going to need them all. Yeah, that's a good point. Like the adversity has helped prepare guys that maybe weren't so far in the spotlight or hadn't been out there. So I agree. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us here. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. Please also be sure to rate and subscribe and listen to the Buffalo Plus Plus podcast. Also want to do a quick plug because when we do games right after the game, we'll have a podcast that you can listen to. That's the audio only version. Uh, You can find that on the Buffalo Plus podcast, wherever you find your podcasts. We'll have that ready for the morning after the game. So just want everyone to be aware of that as well. Um, But yeah, for Mike and Dan, I am Jenna. We will catch you next time here on Buffalo Plus.